traditionally February around here is uh, the most packed, intense month. First, you've got my wife's birthday uh, at the beginning of February. Then comes Valentine's Day. That's the 14th, I believe. And right after Valentine's Day, you've got my son's birthday. Uh, so you got three big whammies there com- coming in there. And uh, so f- I think we've we've done all the big February things. Next month, March is uh, is going to be my my youngest, as they say. I sound like my my father, my youngest. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be her birthday. She's going to be five, which is half of ten. Wow. That's crazy. I'm well, more importantly, sure. before you get to that, how did you do with like I actually I also run a similar uh, wife. It's the opposite. It's Valentine's Day followed almost immediately by my wife's birthday. So I just ask you, as someone who's already done the gauntlet, uh, is did you do okay? Were your gifts appropriate? Was uh, enough effort paid? And you yeah, know, did, get, did the well get your chocolate? I mean, more yeah. importantly, like uh, if we were to give you a performance re- re- uh, review, did you get meat? I, let's just be honest. Exceeding expectations is off the table. I think Cote for you. Did we get meat? <laughs> We went over the budget this year. We only have a couple ones to give out. Uh-huh. I'm sorry I couldn't do it for you this year, but I can give you a meets expectations. Did, did, is that going to be satisfactory? I think, I think, I think, I think given macroeconomic tailwinds, I've more than met expectations. Maybe not exceeded, but somewhere between met and exceeded, uh, which I think, I think it might be uh, uh, met and didn't go to bed early. Is, is that is that like getting a a, a a participation ribbon? Yeah, it's it's sort of like a it's like a, that, a that's not the goal. I mean, I'm not going to be your marriage counselor here, but that's not a good goal. It's a strong <laughs> strong B plus. I think, okay, I think okay, we much out. better. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, hey, strong B plus. I mean, at this point, B plus okay. is solid, right? I mean, that's yeah. solid. B, you know, that's yeah, C's get degrees and and B's that's that's even better. You know, it occurs to me that the the this isn't what I was I was going to ask, so I'll get around to that. But the A B C D F, like there's no E really, is there? No, I never get an E. E is for I excellent. Wonder, I wonder what I got to look that up in Wikipedia, or I'll ask one of the the AIs about it. But it seems like you know how us us Fahrenheit people are always complaining to the centigrade people, or, or it's not it's whatever Celsius people. We're always, I mean, there's that whole stand-up metric, bit. Where this, metric. The old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Where, where the British guy, or I think he's British, and he lives in the States, and he's like, I realized Celsius is crazy because, like, the difference between, like, in summer or winter, the difference between, like, you know, 80 degrees and 79 degrees is you're either warm or freezing your ass off, right? <laughs> and then so you can imagine with Celsius, like, where you've got two and a half degrees or sort of play with, like, it's just nonsense. It, it doesn't right. make any sense, which... That's more or less been my experience, but I think the uh, the letter grade system is kind of like that, where if you've just got A, B, and C, you're dealing with Celsius, and so it's a very Fahrenheit move to put the uh, the plus, the minus, and I guess what's the middle one? Is that zero? Like, is there is there a? I, I was I was uh, I'm not a math person, but is there a a symbol other than plus or minus? Does zero have? Would you call this a valence? Like, what is that? Uh, what is a plus and a minus? That's also have to ask the AI that there must be a phrase for that kind of thing. But my real question was, uh, having gone through that, um, you know, luckily, uh, for my wife's birthday, we had sparklers, but we didn't have any candles, right? So sparklers, Mm -hmm. always a good backup. For some reason, I think this says a lot about, about Kim's upbringing. We always have sparklers in the house, (laughs) endless sparklers, but that sounds fun. Is this is this something that in your households do you always have birthday can- candles on hand? Is this something that like if you run out, it's on the Costco list, and you you bring them back, or like what what's the status with birthday candles, especially as as the uh, as the children get older? Like, do you kind of fall all that off, or is it even more important? You focus on just big helium tanks. Like, what uh, what's in my future? Well, to be completely honest, go to not my department. I'd have to check with the uh, a different division to see if we have it. But we probably have uh-huh. a few laying around. But it has become it has become less important as as uh, my son is aged. I it's see. Not, it's not immediately needed. Whereas, yeah, little kids, you kind of just need that stuff on hand all the time. Oh, we gotta have some candles, some sparklers. Like yeah. you just never know yeah. when you need a spontaneous because it's always somebody, or like it could be somebody's birthday, a friend's birthday. You know, like uh-huh. it's you know that that's a big deal there. But as they get uh. 
as the as the, at the enter of the teens, I feel like you know they just don't really want to talk to you that much anyway, so you don't need to worry about the candles. Well, that, that's see, see, Brandon, you've only got one kid, so you don't mm-hmm. know. You when you've got when you've got kids, you have to keep doing it mm-hmm. because the others will appreciate you tormenting them. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, see, yes. the, there yeah. there is this whole extra level see. of parenting that's meta parenting that involves teaming up against your children with your children. Oh yeah, you're right. I I have to say this is a level I've not unlocked. In fact, I will never unlock it. So exactly. I I congratulate both of you on the journey. Yes, yes. So so when when everyone can be embarrassed by their parents, including the parents, yes, that's then a win. Nice, well said, well done. Wow, we're, we're really going to spice up February as the, uh, <laughs> the years go on. It's it's going to be going to be uh, even more fantastic. Well, speaking of spicing things up, speaking of unspicing them up, you know, coincidentally. Uh, I was thinking of a topic I think I think that kind of has, has been I wouldn't say resurrected but like it, it, uh, could be remembered and that is you know over the past year all sorts of wacky open source stuff going on and I think uh, I was just remembering recently that I spent a lot of time trying to figure out and even typing up like uh, and and we talked on here about like Red Hat's uh, I don't even really remember it. Like whatever whatever changes they did to some sort of Linux thing with binaries and it's 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 so last year it's memory yeah memory. Rockies yeah. and Almera Almera was that Bitcoin place not or whatever but whatever like all these things and it was it was a big to do at the moment at the at that moment and and like well you might know Matt Ray like does anyone care anymore they do they do it. it it's, Are they it's like still, tired or they still well like, what's, everyone's what's tired on? everyone's always tired but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the drama is is tiring, but um, you know, people people definitely still have feelings about running enterprise Linux. Um, they have feelings about you know having to deploy something different in production after after having you know the the status quo taken from them. So yeah. so yeah, they're they're definitely feelings are perpetually being hurt. They're, right, they're well, t- more tired and accepting. This is why I'm not. I think that part. I think we kind of get. There's sort of the perpetual unhappiness, of hurt feelings about Red Hat. But this new thing came out this week, and I, I thought you were the perfect person to uh, comment on it. So this, what uh, is it? CIQ? Is it how you yeah. say it? No. So they uh, are, as I read it. So this is just like, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to repeat the facts. If I get the facts wrong, tell me wrong. Basically, they are going to provide long-term support to Rocky Linux, which is a separate foundation, even though there's a lot of close contact there, and that they'll be charging for it. So on the face of it, at least this one very long uh, uh, rant was written about it, was like, well, aren't they, I think the way it was kind of positioned, aren't they doing the same thing as Red Hat? And (laughs) if so, are people mad about that? So can you shed any light on that, Matt? Uh yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, so they have offered podcast done. Yeah, podcast done. <laughs> well, it's been fun. Onto the recommendations. Any bureaucracy? Uh, no, seriously. They <clears throat> so so Rocky Linux is is one one of the main two um, kind of CentOS forks that that uh, are are striving on. And uh, what what CIQ has said they're going to do is offer commercially supported versions of Rocky Linux. And my understanding is they won't publish non-commercially supported versions of Rocky Linux. Uh, And so you're kind of like, well, wait, what am I, you know, before I didn't have to pay for uh, CentOS. And now you're saying that if I go to AWS Marketplace to get myself an instance type and I see Red Hat for, you know, let's say 20 cents an hour and I see, you know, Ubuntu for 10 cents an hour uh, with you know essentially no upcharge, there's you know Rocky at fourteen cents for some reason, and why are they charging a premium? It's because they can't. So they're they're essentially like, well, we're just a cheaper version of Red Hat now. Mm, um, right. They're still maintaining you know the the downstream uh, support for for making Rocky, but my reading of this is that uh, there will you know either <clears throat> either they will only commercially support LTS, uh, and so if you want, uh, you know, if you want an LTS uh, Rocky, you have to get it from them. Or, you know, they're gonna oh, they're gonna drop LTS Rocky after eighteen months, which makes it not LTS. Okay, mm-hmm. so Matt, let's just cut to the chase. You need to tell Cote and I, like, 
do we need to be angry about this? Like this, so I was not be clear about it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We 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 are all cloud native. We are all Gordon, living. Yeah. I just want to give. I want to give credit to the rant here. It's I believe it's pronounced Gordon Mesmer. So if I got that wrong, he he's the one. Oh, that mix. guy had some rants. Yeah, that's a right, good rant. So he has. This is where I originally saw it. Someone posted this. So I saw it. So. You know, he, so I encourage everyone to read it. It's, it's as it says here in Medium, it's four minutes and it's four minutes of just basically ranting, which is good. I like it. Um, but he basically is like, well, is everyone going to be upset because like they were mad at Red Hat? And I'm like, I was kind of read this. I was like, I see where you're coming from. You're making a logical argument for whatever reason. I am totally not upset by this. So I don't know. <laughs> I need someone to like, if we need to marshal some unhappiness, I need someone to tell me. I, you know, Looking at this, uh, it's still early days in the post-CentOS landscape. I would probably just mosey on over to Alma Linux and call it a day. Right? I wouldn't <laughs> I get think upset. You just, just move again. Move You're just like, well, we didn't even, I didn't even have time to get to know you, Rocky Linux. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I, I'm friends with, with you know, I, I know some folks over at Alma. That's where I would have gone anyway. Mm. I, think, I think you summed it well. Everyone is always tired. It just like oh, all, all you this. You uh, a great nugget there. Maybe in open source. I don't know. Is this too controversial to take? It's like I think what people maybe really want is they don't actually want just the open source Linux. They want a really cheap LTS Linux, right? Like, is this is this just solved by like price? Is that really what we've been talking about this whole time? It's like if you just make it cheap enough, it's like fine. We'll just we'll pay you that, and if you can build a business around that cost model. It feels like everyone could be happy with that world. Is that well, is that what we should be getting I, to? I, I I think Rocky's still playing playing fine by the by the community. I mean, they're not saying you can't use this. They're not saying you can only use this with a license. They're just saying the channels that you would probably get this are going to be limited to commercial alternatives. But if you just want to go and grab Rocky, you can grab it, deploy it on a billion computers, and they're not going to com- c- complain. Red Hat would. Red Hat changed CentOS, so you can't do that. And that's that's what people that was what made people upset is is me and my home lab, I can't deploy Red Hat without a license. You know, or, or I can't deploy CentOS, which is what I've been doing forever. You know, I can't I can't put CentOS on, you know, ten thousand machines um without calling up Red Hat anymore. And that's what that's what the objection was. I my reading of this is I can still do that with Rocky. But if I were to deploy it on 10,000 machines on AWS, I have to use the commercial version. Okay. Fair and enough. Okay. I can roll Thanks. my own, I guess. You know, but you know, it's not that big so, a deal. Let's give everyone some homework. Please join the Software Defined Talks Slack. And if we need to be angry about this, please let us know. Because like, right now, I'm just <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean I the thing. I just don't have it. Go, go, go to the rant. The thing that does kind of make me a little suspicious was was uh, the, the, the rant about. Um, the guy writing about uh, uh, about um, Red Hat uh, not working uh, working for Red Hat that was that was the thing that I was a little like eh, you need to do a better job disclosing you know your your conflicts of interest oh right because then he also calls out uh, that the reporter as doing yeah. PR for for not sick click kick whatever it was. I don't know yeah yeah which that was that that was just like oh man yeah. The two is go too bad about this. The third estate there, give those guys a break. <laughs> third estate's got to make money too, man. They're they're charging less than fourteen cents an hour. You know <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Well, listen. In the next edition of this week, do we need to be angry? I need you to tell me what's going on with this Nginx fork, right? So <laughs> it looks like on a wait, 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 is this is this is this a new segment? I guess I think, we, I think so. we need to be angry. There's so many. I just want, I just, again, I, I didn't have time. I just, I didn't have the, I don't have the anger on any of these ob- subjects, but I want to be with the people if this is what we need to be angry about. Yep, yep. So Nginx, uh, I didn't follow this one as closely. Just a quick history is F5 bought Nginx like way back several years ago. As far as I know, things have been fine. But then someone posted that I think one of the people that work on it a lot, they're based in Moscow. They had to kind of, you know, not work for F5. We won't get into all that political stuff, but they come to some agreement that he could, he could still work on it. But then they made some decision. He did not like it. And, but he also acknowledged that their, their F5s, you know, can do what they want to do. But he is, I don't know, at least has a website up. I don't want to say for <laughs> it. He has a website up 
for He's free. He's got a website and, and, and a release. Yeah, free and the first release. Board. So this is another one. Like, I don't know. Are, are you like, and you, you, I think you did mention, Matt, you were kind of keeping an eye on this. Like, do we need to be angry about this one? Well, you need to pay attention to it because Nginx is, I, what, what was that site that used to track um, popularity of, of, mm, of yeah. web, of web servers? The is like everyone uses Nginx. That's what pretty much. Yeah. Nginx, Nginx passed Apache. I don't know, you know, at least 10 years ago. And I would hazard a guess it's more than 50% of the web um i could be wrong but whatever it's it's probably a a majority and the issue is that um the parent company for nginx is f5 and my understanding is some of their security disclosures and the way that they've been going about fixing uh vulnerabilities is they put it in the commercial product and it just kind of sits there for a while without reporting it upstream uh, to the nginx uh you know open source and so you know there are potential vulnerabilities and i didn't want to i mean there, there's a lot of politics going on around you know this russian developer and ukraine and all sorts of other stuff it's like are they are there potentially people pressuring the america is f5 american and they own a yeah. russian company no no and, F5, yeah i'm going and and like you know, would there be people interested in keeping Nginx vulnerable? I don't know, right? So I'm 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 in favor of paying attention because I worry about the security impl- impl- implications. Um, just because you know, when it comes to something that is you know, bedrock to the internet, you kind of got to worry about the state of of you know vulnerabilities, and, and that's that's why you should care. That's why you should care. I don't know if free Nginx is the right answer. There are a lot of other alternatives out there. You know, maybe variety is the spice of life, but uh, Apache's still kicking. Um, you know, Caddy, there's there's other choices, uh, but, you know, Nginx is definitely um, everywhere. All right, a little real-time feedback. I think the site you were referring to was netcraft.com. And yeah. the, uh, the current stats are Nginx leads the way at 27%, Apache 21%, Cloudflare 9%, um, other Always, the always popular others 22. And oh, for those wondering at home how much sun's still being used, it gets zero. It gets a zero oh. percent. So there you go. Or we're not for sun. Yeah, those. How about uh, what was it's, the Microsoft one? IIS or something? Uh, Microsoft is on here with 3%. So yeah. probably, I no offense to Microsoft, those sites probably have a lot of spyware on them. That would be my guess. Well, so yes. You know, 25% or whatever you said is is a healthy chunk of the internet. And, yeah, it's a and lot. I know, I know that, you know, it's a lot of really big sites too. So, you know, this one, that, open that's just the tracked internet. What you about the, the murky internet? O- open what? Open resty. Have you heard of this one? That's 8%. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a, another fork of Nginx maybe. I don't know, but uh, that was, a, that one's been around for a while. Okay. Well, again, same work, everyone. Please join the Software Fine Talk Slack. Do we need to be upset about that one? And then the final one in this week's uh, set, well, maybe we have two more. We'll depend. As Maria DB. It looks like Maria DB could be taken private for $37 million. I don't know. I've lost track of this, too. Like, like, are they in trouble? Like, didn't the, the founder, like, leave? Like, is, is it was going to yeah, be... Yeah, they're in like, trouble. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be the alternative to MySQL, but then there was... Well, they, 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 they have been for a long time, right? So, so you know, uh, my, MySQL got purchased by Sun, and then immediately Sun got purchased by Oracle. And there was a, a fleeing of MySQL people from Oracle. And um, Monty uh, Wadenis... Uh, right. He started whatever Maria he, he started MariaDB and he was kind of like the core guy. And, you know, they, they've been around for what is that? 20 years ever yeah, forever. Yeah. You know, 20, you know, forever in Internet time. And so um, maybe it's not 20 years, 15 years, but whatever. Um, the point is, you know, Maria, I guess they overextended themselves with some of their ambitions about, you know, hosting databases as a service and subscriptions and um, whatever they're, you know, they're in financial straits. Okay. All right. For the 10. So just to dot the eyes on this. So it was 15 years ago and they raised roughly $230 million in venture funding. So yeah, I guess maybe things aren't, aren't going so well. 
So I don't know. I guess we don't really need to be mad at that one. It's just, you know, it's, it's just kind of is what it is. And then I feel like maybe we should end on like a positive note. I was going to say tofu, open tofu. Seems like it's doing well, right? Like, is that like a good, I feel like no, everybody that was unhappy is, is working on tofu. And I don't know. Is there any controversy on that one that we should know about? Only if you work at HashiCorp. Yeah, we don't need to be angry. Maybe they need to be angry. Wait, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever happened to that that uh, uh, automation thing Apple just like released out of the blue, like several weeks ago? Do you did, did, do you even know about that? You two, did you, did you hear that? I don't think so. What is this? Tell me. Uh, they, they announced something at Config Management Camp, right? I don't think they. I don't think Apple was actually there. I don't actually. Rem- yeah, I'm pretty sure not. But it, it was. It was <laughs> the memory hole is two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that that was that was a fun flash in the pan then, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in the uh the old how how a notion like inshitification happens in the the enterprise infrastructure space. But I think I don't think this is an instance of it, but I feel like we might be I don't know if we've been in this phase if if this has existed, but I think there might be a permanence. It's not bundling and unbundling. But it's like opening and closing of, of various open source projects and communities. I think there's probably a cycle that we go through here. And uh, I, I, it might be, I feel like it's based on how close or far you are from IPOing or being acquired. <laughs> like basically, like once it's required that you keep making money, I think it gets closed or close, close. What's the word for that? It gets uh, contracted and more contracted. Well, that's exactly what happened with Maria, right? But when you're going up the hill of valuation, it almost is getting opener and opener for that growth, right? And then at some point, uh, I don't know when the growth decreases, but you need to make more money. You close and close and close. I don't know. I don't have the the specifics worked out well, but I feel like this probably is uh, just in the future is a well-known cycle for all open source stuff. So Congratulations to, to the to the open source world, which I think will also, enc- you know, it'll encounter that thing I'm always like kind of naively saying is like, I don't know, maybe they should just be happy being 20 million in revenue for the rest of their lives. Well, that's that's, in, that's the problem with being a public higher. company. I no, mean, that, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. it, there's probably a lot of open source companies that could just stay private and just be happy. Well, like doing that but i mean i, I guess that's what's going to happen to maria probably is they're going to yeah. take one of these acquisitions they'll take them off the stock market and then they'll go back to being a quote-unquote healthy open source company without the pressures of having to grow yeah. one hopes know. so yeah i wonder are, are there are there uh uh are there specialists in like open source pe value realization how are those progress people doing are they are they specializing in that? <laughs> um, they have no expertise in open source. Mm. Yeah, I I can't I I can't think of like a a PE or you know pseudo PE firm or company that has like you know squeezed the juice out of open source, so to speak, or revitalized. Most of them just I think when that, they get involved, they sort of just take whatever's left as far as what's being charged for the commercial open source of the support. And then they just, yeah. for the most part, ignore this open source side of it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's I, sort I, of play, right. Is they just sort of like, yeah, we'll just give you yeah. this thing. That's it. Which is more or less what you do. And if it's proprietary or closed source, you just sort right. of like steady, you, you keep it on the ventilator. And, you say, and, and then uh, you just kind of tell the open source, like, yeah, if it's out there, do what you want, but we're not spending one moment on that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The LTS, like let thou support it. That's, that's, <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, speaking of of people squeezing the juice, you know, I I think this is this is a good episode where we're we're, uh, checking in on things. Uh, Someone uh, I don't I don't uh, read the information in full access, but someone over there pointed out that uh, it doesn't there doesn't seem to be a new board at the open AI place over there, uh, which I think was, you know, that, that was going to be reset up. So it seems like all of that time was spent in November. Yet again, I think this is a very instructive episode for people who pay too close attention to tech news. There, there was all this uh, running around, crazy things happening. And uh, did, did anything really happen? See, seems okay. Now now there's $7 trillion being looked for. That, that 
well, that's seems the part, like irresponsible journalism. That there's probably something not correct in that headline, right? That but seems that's what a little they, wacky. I think that's the part I think is kind of interesting. So the quick recap, right? There was the Thanksgiving craziness. Sam Altman was kicked off, brought back. We all know about that. Many of episodes you can go back and listen to if you want to hear all that stuff. Um, but then <laughs> Sam Altman has come out. So he's, he is raising some kind of fund, right? And I think the part that, that was interesting in the information is like he is like the in ahead of like the essentially the open AI venture fund. And it is just in his name. Right. It's just his name. And basically the money is just under him. And it's like, I just think, you know, it's like, I think as we talked about, uh, as we kind of recapped that whole thing, I said something like, you know, this is the end of episode one. And I feel like this is the opening of like episode two, like movie, the sequel. It's like, mm. wait a minute. Maybe the person we thought was the good guy is actually the bad guy. Or is <laughs> wait, actually, wait, 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 wait. Maybe, I never in thought they movie, them were good. maybe in the first movie, the people that we thought were doing the wrong thing maybe actually had some ideas. And it does seem like between the ability to raise a seven trillion, I mean, I heard this idea. It was like absurdist capitalism. And I was like, that was a good phrase for that. Like, I don't even know. Like you say seven trillion, I don't even know what's above a trillion. Like, why not just make it, you know, a you know, a gazillion? I don't even know what it means at that point. But then the part that I thought was interesting that he has already set himself up to like run this whole thing and open eyes come out and said, yeah, yeah, we just were in a hurry and it makes more sense for him to do it this way. Cause we, and it's like, wait a minute, I just finished my, uh, my annual uh, security and compliance training. And I'm pretty sure this is, this is not allowed. Like I just did the whole, you know, um, code of conduct. I'm like pretty sure most code of conducts would be like, I don't know, Brandon, I don't think you can run the $50 million or $50 billion hedge fund on the side by working here. You know, I think that would be a conflict of interest. So the whole thing just seems funny to me. And it does set up to like more to come. There definitely is going to be more to come. And then finally, as information points out, um, there is really no changes to the board of directors, which in itself is also funny. Well, I, I, I hope, I mean, if they're, they're not doing that training, I hope they are neither giving nor receiving gifts of $50 in value or more, <laughs> depending on, uh, local government regulations. Uh, definitely and, and definitely no paying for travel or dinner over $25 or euros for government employees. Okay, do you have those moments? So when you're taking it and you're like reviewing those things and it's like, yeah, a gift is this $50 and then you, and you're like, you answer all those questions. Even sometimes like I get, you get some of them wrong. You're like, I don't know. That seems fine. They're like, no, no, you can't do that. And then later in the day, I feel like I read this stuff and I feel like it's like a parallel world. It's like, how could someone run the whole hedge fund at a company when like, just what you said is so true. It's like, Hey, $50. And especially if they're related to you or you know them, and then that's zero, right? It's like, you know, anything you do is, is wrong. And it's, I don't know. It, it feels especially- very. It feels very weird. Like, I don't know why, like at what level does code of conduct, you're like, oh, you can just do whatever you want. There's like some, well, CEO, I guess the CEO level. Well, yeah, especially yeah. for like hedge funds and the like, where you have to have some of your own capital invested in the fund. You're like, this is my money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was, there, there was, there was one place I worked and, you know, you know that I read the travel policy just once a month. Yeah, uh, just just for fun, uh, and and the travel it was it was it was it was pretty funny. Well, of course it was funny because I'm about to talk about it and I remember it. But like it was just a standard corporate travel policy, and it said, and again, this is a travel policy that applied to all these people that everyone that everyone would read, and it said uh, you cannot use your personal planes for business travel except if you're the CEO and chairman, and it was just like, huh, huh. That's weird. I, I mean, I, and it makes sense, right? Like, sure. on, on the other hand, like if I had like a little Cessna or something and I'm like, I don't know, I got to go give some like executive dinner in Salt Lake City. Like, wouldn't they be happy with me paying for it? Like, you know, instead of them doing for it. But but I guess not. They're like, nope, you got to you got to book a flight unless you become the chairman or chairperson. I should say can't do that. But yeah, it is like, I mean, you know. What 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 is there interesting to say about the uh, the uh, the compliance stuff? I mean, I feel like I feel like it's uh, so someone posted this. They must have been doing their their taxes, uh, and they posted this in the Slack channel. I mean, it's the equivalent of like you know when you're filling out your taxes. It's like, did you make any illegal income that you want to report? And it's like, yes, I would love to tell you about all the illegal income that I made. Right? It's just, I, I mean. I guess every day someone like comes into a corporate job 
and they want to buy someone a $55 gift that might be a customer and they don't realize this, but it's also just like, that's, that's an amazing sort of like failure in just like moral and ethics that you've got to go over. Like, you know, you know, if, if you're going to hire your cousin to help you write press releases, maybe don't do that. Right. Just it's like, <laughs> I think it's uh, pretty straightforward that that should, you know, what they should probably do is just have that be part of the interview process and be like, now we're going to give you the ethics screening. And if you pass this, then you can right. go on to the, the next, the next layer. And uh, the first thing they'll say is, if you and I were related, should I be giving you this screening? And if you can pass that, you're done. You're you, fine. You definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that stuff's all ridiculous, but I think, I think, and, and the worst about those to go on about it a little bit is like, I mean, we, we all know this, you, you, uh, the first time you take these or if they change around to a new thing, you've got to assess, uh, is it actually going to let me just fast forward the video? Can I do that? Or do I actually have to watch it? So that's important. But then the oh. trick that I found, uh, you can use the power of uh, recognizing the full bouquet of humanity to your effect. And they often give you just a text option in case you can't hear or, or see video. So you don't want to always choose the text option because text is faster. Uh, and you can kind of just go through that. And then also, you know, if you're taking this test enough, uh, you're going to pass it. Uh, now, do you guys have this one? I recently did the security training at my, at my current place. I love it. It gives you the option to take the 30 question quiz. If you take the and you get them all right, you're exempted, oh, wow. right? And it is like, it is it's an like placing out of an hour of, say, of, yeah. It does. It feels like the AP or they take the credit by exam. You're like, all right, I got to focus. Like, it's about the highest stakes thing at work every year. It's like, <laughs> hold on. I got a chance to get probably three hours of my life back. Let's go. Let's dial it in. Let's not be tripped up wow. by any of these. Cause you know, a lot of this stuff is like the social engineering stuff. I'm always like, mm, you know what you guys, I know what you want the answer to be, but I think the answer could be different. So you can't overthink it, right? You got to be thinking like, this is what's going on. So I highly recommend, I wish they would do that for the code of conduct as well. It's like, cause then you're just like, I feel super motivated when it's like, Oh, bring that exam on. Let me see. Let me see if I can do it. So. You, you know, it, it was actually, uh, I, I'm remembering, uh, I did have a moment of gratitude for the probably, it wouldn't be two decades, but probably over 15 years of taking uh, stuff like this. Uh, well, I, I eventually it'll come out probably next month, but I did a little video course with O'Reilly. And uh, the way they do them now is you have to, well, you have to write like a little quiz questions. It's Once people watch this video, they realize the ridiculous awesomeness where you can, you can watch my videos about how to work in a big company and you can get a certificate afterwards. Nice. Pass the test. Wow. It'll wow. be great. Uh, anyways, but I did, as I was writing these questions, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm prepared to write these questions. I am now an expert <laughs> on taking, you know, silly kind of tests about things. And it really did inform my ability to write questions because, you know, when you write these things, I think what you've learned, what I've learned is um, basically you're going to have a multiple choice, pick all that apply situation. And it's always going to be three, one, right? Like, it's either one is correct and three are wrong or three are correct and, and one is wrong. And so it just it just made it pretty easy. And you can just alternate through those and uh, it's pretty good. But it was a fun experience. So next time you take those things, just figure out that it's like training for the next time you're going to be asking questions. <laughs> that would be a great way to go over a uh, like a weekly status report thing, too, in the style of like a, a compliance and security video where you have some little scenes and then you'll have quizzes that people take at the oh end my gosh. to see if they, if they, if they're certified to understand the status. Oh, that would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, we did, I mentioned the IRS. Now we had some speculation last week and Brandon brought this up. I should, I shouldn't say we, he, he, you brought up the point that the IRS has all of the information, which is probably something given the the state of like, you know, uh, you know, get off my landism in America. The IRS probably trains themselves never to say, you know, they, no government agency ever wants to be like, Hey, how's it going? We have all your information. <laughs> and, uh, in fact, I was, I was in Zurich uh, just yesterday. And uh, uh, one of my coworkers there was showing me that the app they have for the public transit, there's, well, it's an app. I already said that, but what you do is you set it all up. And then when you get on the train, you just slide a little bar to say you're on the train. And then when you get off the train, you slide the bar back. And like he was saying that like um, 
you know, if you get if you get caught, which doesn't have there's it's very lax as far as I can tell. Right. Zurich. And uh, he was saying that one time he got caught and the guy was this, I guess this is very Swiss. He was like, oh, you're 10 seconds late. And, <laughs> and he, of course, was just like. You know, <laughs> wait, but but w- w- was he getting let off or was he being punished? No, no. Like, you know, someone was on on the tram actually going to check people. You know, every now and then you you send your uh, your checkers in to actually like look at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and check on people. But he was also saying. I don't know if he was unsure about this or if it actually happened, but that like also, you know, it can track when you're on the tram, the tram or not, uh, which which he was saying, like, oh, I guess that could be bad. Uh, and, and I was like, oh, in America, that that wouldn't fly like no, that. Would be, not that down would... Anyways, speaking of things that wouldn't fly, just having the IRS preload the data they already have apparently into the application they're having. I guess that that doesn't happen either, which just seems like. Yeah, no, this is what made me extremely right. sad. You know, we talked about like. Finally, the IRS would just do the taxes for uh, for you. But here's the quick quote. It's, uh, quote, the thing that would be most valuable to almost all taxpayers would be if they didn't have to keep tracking their W-2s or 1099. So those are the forms you get with all your income. Um, Bankman told the Washington Post, but the direct file doesn't do that, he pointed out. If all you're doing is giving people an alternative to TurboTax, a lot of people are going to say, I'll stick with TurboTax. So this is like a, such a sad moment. You know, we've had some great digital transformation in the U.S. government, but like everything about computer science, about digital transformation, it's like, no, no. The thing that people want is the thing that you're not doing. So I was thinking, and now the reason is there's a lot of politics behind this. I was like, I wonder, remember we talked about there was someone in Japan who was getting rid of the floppy disk. Mm, it was yeah. like, he was seemed like he just was going to do it no matter what. I was wondering, could we get him to come over and run this program and be like, no, like he, he all he'd have to do is people come to him. is like, we're not going to be able to preload the data. He'd be like, nope, that's not what we want. That's not right. Go back. And then they keep coming back and you just have someone that's like, nope, we are not finishing until we do that. I just feel like you need, I don't know who the person would be. Like you could just be like, like, it's almost like you need like a tax dictator, right? Be like, nope, this is the only way we do it. But it's never going to happen. So it makes me extremely sad that um, I don't know how long it's, they've been talking about doing this since the 80s. So maybe 40-ish oh. years. So I, guess, I guess that, that kind of answers my question. I mean, I, I guess it, if it has been that long, it's not so much a technical problem. It's, it is no. more of a, a political problem. Absolutely. Because, you know, I could see they would be like, I don't know, this is, this is in uh, your, your tax records are in like ANSI 92, not Unicode 05 or something. And like every time we try to merge it over, we just get those little square boxes uh, all, all the time. <laughs> all we get is wing dings when it comes yeah. over. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So oh, but that, that is bad. I just think someone, I don't know. I don't want to, And also while I'm, I feel like I've been in like a socialist mood this week. So in my neighborhood, um, they're laying Google fiber. It's like slowly coming out. This is roughly 15 years after it was announced that it was coming. So I've been watching them like just do it. And I'm like, wow, it's actually not that complicated, right? They have this, like, they basically do this simple thing where between the asphalt and the curb, they just drill this like kind of like, you know, if you will conduit and they're putting it in. And I'm just like, you know, we should have just started this 15 years ago. Like someone should have just been like, we're just going to do it. So that's my recommendation to everyone. If you, if your neighborhood isn't getting fiber, someone, you should just start now. Like we should just start now. I don't know exactly <laughs> oh, how. Brandon. Like, I just, like, <laughs> now that I see what they're doing, I'm like this. I thought before it was like, wow, this is going to be so complicated. It's going to take yeah. millions of dollars. I'm like, no, this Brandon, is Brandon, like Brandon. People. We should just start now. Everyone start laying the fiber now. Did, did you not just hear the transition you made from, I don't understand why the IRS can't do everyone's taxes. And then you're like, I guess it was politics. And then you're like, I don't understand why communities don't have their own community broadband. I don't know. It's because just, of it's because of politics. It's we're because just, we're just hurting people ourselves. have rolled out community fiber, community high high speed, you know, community wireless, and literally Spectrum, Time Warner, whoever they are, have gone and told like your politicians that. People can't be trusted to run this sort of infrastructure. I, you know? I think I think we might have found a, I think probably worldwide, but I'm going to say in the United States for sure, the 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 only uniting political idea for all factions. We all want faster internet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like like you're not going to encounter anyone. Wait, to put it in the negative, who if you if you even if you did some push polling and you were like, hi do you find that slower internet is acceptable? Press one if yes. Like, I think I think everyone would say no. 
they they want faster internet. Well, I'm just and saying, so that we maybe we could rally behind but, that. I don't know if the, if the two I'm parties are listening, but but now that I've seen the crew doing it, I really was like, you know, I think I could get a crew of ten people on the neighborhood. And we could just keep going. Like when these guys got to get off, like just leave oh. us limit. Fiber co-op and like one person to like uh, show us like we'll get one person on that like the the digger thing and then it looks like the rest of us we're just laying down the fiber it's, it's like, probably already it. illegal in texas and now it's like oh and at the end you just like loop it and you put it on like a metal yeah, yeah. Uh, no, oh, it is yeah now, okay okay now now this is loop it. i was like i think we could do this here's 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 what we post. need to do here's what we need to do brandon we, we, we need to set up a uh, fiber watch austin versus uh dalvin direct uh, because we, as you remember, I think probably maybe even over a year ago, I talked about how the cobblestone here is great. And then it's sand under because in a day you can just pick up the cobblestone, lay down some fiber and like put it back on. And so it's been at least a year and there are at least two color fiber loops on every person's doorstep. Okay. Now, are those fiber loops connected to anything? Right. No. No. Okay. Like, now, I don't know if I can order like some raspberry pie sort of thing and like hotwire it to this to get my internet going, uh, but that would be cool. I pr- there's probably a router or something at the end of the street that I need to do something with. But we should start running the clock and see if you get the fiber turned on sooner than I did, because then that might be a capitalism victory. Okay, that's a good even, even though it right. Even though it took a capitalism longer, this many years to get fiber to the house, it might take socialism longer to actually turn it on. Yeah, so it's uh, like really the question is: you've got fiber to the curb faster, but fiber. I mean, I've home. got it right by my front door. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of what I see. So I see it on the curb. Like now, getting it from the curb to the house again does look complicated. But I, I, I was like, I wonder if this is going to take multiple years. Like, I yeah, was and and to to be fair, for from my side of the Atlantic, uh, one day the KPN, which is the 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 bell telephone equivalent of the netherlands i mean there's you know as in the oldest uh the two kpn guys did come and they were going to take the the teal blue wire i've got i've got the t-mobile one which renamed themselves something stupid the t-mobile orange one at the end of the sidewalk and the teal blue one is right by the door and uh they they open up the door and they lifted up my little like you know there's whatever blah 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 dutch house they looked at the thing and they were like we don't know how to bring it in here uh except they were nice about it and at the at the time, I had basically given up on this fiber ever being turned on. So I was just kind of like, cool. Like, but now now that I'm going through it, I should have just been like, just run it under the door. Like, <laughs> like in this house. That's yeah, right. you want me to drill a hole? I can do that. I don't need nothing fancy. Like, if it breaks, can't you just like duct tape this shit together with a match or something? Like, uh, all right well nope. keep me posted i want to uh, i will keep you posted as well on the, the the uh progress we make here in austin yeah all right well uh all sorts of other links things that you could uh, check out if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 455 i want to call out that the clue train manifesto is 25 years old uh it's fun to go reread the 95 theses and, and the book i didn't reread all of them but uh, you can find a link to that if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 455 do we have any bureaucracy this episode Brandon? Uh, well, one thing, if you would like a sticker, just send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. I'll be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Also want to quickly acknowledge the thread. The thread for those uh, listening for the first time is a software defined talk Slack thread that was started many years ago by Matt Ray. Um, it has taken on a life of its own. It's now over 11,000 messages. I think it's generally <laughs> working still. I mean, there is like sometimes people get kicked out, but we can get them back in. So congratulations to everyone that's participated in the thread. I look forward to another 11,000 messages coming. Long live the thread. And that's right. And then finally, uh, Brian Gracie, also a friend of the show, uh, host of the Cloudcast. He he also endorses the uh, Chamberlain garage door opener. He says it's good uh, to keep track of uh, people coming in and out of your house. So there you go. I think I think we talked about it last week. So I'm going to say that's a good pick. Uh, well, there's several conferences coming up. There's Scale and DevOps Days LA. I'll, I'll be there uh, March 14th and 17th. There's KubeCon in uh, Paris, March 19th and 22nd. I'll be there as well. And you'll uh, be there. And and uh, if you want to go, uh, if you haven't registered and you want to go, you can get 20% off with the uh, VMware code, which is, you know, I like to read it every year. KCEU24VMWBC20. Oh, this year it's VMware Broadcom. That's exciting. Uh, so yeah, KubeCon EU24 VMware Broadcom 20%. Wow. So I always recommend trying 21, 22, 25. 30. Just, just 
you know, two, 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 oh, two, two, oh, one, two, or whatever works. Uh, you know, go. They're going to pay you to come to KubeCon. There's also, yeah, yeah, go, go, two, two, fifty. Uh, <laughs> Also, I'm hosting an executive dinner, which means, you know, if you're some fancy pants executive or director or something on March 13th uh, in Dallas, going over our Tanzu and spring stuff. But uh, you could, uh, you know, you should try to get invited to it. It'd be fun. Uh, we'll talk about security stuff. We'll see how that goes. And there's also DevOps Days Birmingham, but you can go to uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 455 to find all that stuff. And with that, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this episode? Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, there's a zine slash newsletter uh, put out by Julia Evans uh, that's she just kind of plums the the depths of various Unix and Linux or Linux uh, things. And mm. uh, this week's or last week's issue was popular Git config options, which you know I'm sure all of our listeners are are big into uh, uh, version control. And uh, there are a bunch of nice little tips and tricks in there that I, I hadn't been using. So uh, update your Git config. <laughs> wow, that sounds that seems right up your alley. That's, yes, uh, it was. That's that, I bet pick. that I, I feel like if there was a weekly podcast about that, it would be like five times more popular than even the Cloudcast. It would just be like you know, <laughs> it, it would be like dot files weekly, and Ooh. it would just be highlights from the community. And and it would be painful because it would be a part where you would just have to read the dot file. Oh yeah, it'd be like okay now indent three spaces. Oh, I mean yeah. wait two. Oh, is that yeah. a tab? Ah. Oh. And there would be lots of debates about like you know dollar sign underscore this all sorts oh. of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it'd be great. How was well, so, I mean you could start it up, Matt Ray. No, no, I, I'm good. No, it'd be okay. good though. I think get get config weekly would be a great podcast because like one, no one ever really understands it. It would be endless amount of topics. It's like it is the ultimate greenfield thing. Oh, like, I know. And, and no you'd be like, do you remember in episode one twenty seven when I said you need to put it here? Well, actually, if you put it in this directory, it now works globally. I maintain uh, no, and, no, there's not one person in the world that understands how Git works. It's just and like, I and I th- I think what we could do is we could hire Mr. XML himself, Tim Bray, to be the Andy Rooney at the end. That's oh he could gosh. he could give, give some commentary about small talk and you know formats. Got to be like someone that. that's come out with an alternative to Git and just is like I hate it, and then they could well, always there are. They could I give mean, you the at the end of the episode, they, you could have them on every week and them explaining why yes. you should not use Git. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, every every week we we cut to our friend from Perforce who's like, "You kids!" Yeah. <laughs> every week I just I can come on and be like, "I don't know what's wrong with Source Safe." I mean, it's fine with me, guys. I don't know why everyone <laughs> had to get away from that, but you know, all your like multi branches that nobody understands. Here we yep. are now. Nobody knows what's going on. Well, coming in hot from the uh, the Source Safe community, Brandon. What do you have to recommend this episode? Uh, I want to recommend, I'm not sure if I said this before, so apologize. This is a duplicate. I saw Fair Play on Netflix a while back. I thought it was good. It was kind of a good psychological thriller. It's sort of like a little finance kind of uh, bad boss kind of stuff going in it, but it was fun. And uh, if you will, like the popular, uh, the measure of any good movie is, is I don't go to the second screen. I actually had my phone down most uh. of the movie and watched it, which has now become, I feel like that should become the movie review. How many times are you looking at your phone? during the movie. So this one was very little. So I, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I think, I think that is a good, I, I, uh, I try to force myself not to uh, pay attention to that, to, to the, you, you know, put your phone in a different time. room when you're watching a movie. You, you, no, movie because stuff? you know, I, I think I do a pretty good job balancing the, like I had, I had to unsubscribe. I used to subscribe in my RSS feeds to the guardian tech thing or whatever, mm-hmm. the tech columns, but I had to unsubscribe because like, Every fucking week, there's some article about like I gave up my phone for a month. Here's what's happened, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like that's yeah. and then the Atlantic has to run one of those every year too, which is just like one year it's like and nothing bad happened, and the other year it's like I achieved fucking enlightening and pies shot out of my eyes or some shit like that. And I'm just wow. sick of that. I like uh, it. So that's a good rant. Yeah, good I, rant, Erica, I, I I feel like I can control myself, uh, and I can, and it's totally fine. So. Sometimes I'm like, uh, is this podcast at nine or 10 tonight? And if I didn't have my phone, I'd be like, I don't know. We'll see if Brandon figures out my, uh, my, my hard line, my, my wired phone and calls me and I hear a ringling ding on the kitchen phone and I'll, I'll take that long curly corded thing and, uh, drag it in and be like, Hey, what's going on on the blower here? 
in the uh, army green the army green wow. phone with the long cord yeah. i love it yep. yes straight from the yep. 70s find my princess phone and plug it in uh anyhow well my recommendation is uh I, I as i mentioned i went to zurich so i got to use this i now that i have the uh the iphone 15 pro max big boy or whatever like uh, i'm in the USB-C world i potentially except for my airpods and i think i think I, it made me realize, I think part of the VP of Cable's pitch about USB-C several years ago was like, now there's a couple of dinglings out there. And when I say a couple, I mean a not insignificant amount who are just going to go buy some new I- AirPods Pro just yep. to get a USB-C cable. Yep. And let me tell you what, those dinglings, those are my people. And so like, uh, I haven't done that yet. bought my boat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, what's on the back of my boat? Dingling. <laughs> Anyways, uh, fun oh, fact. Really- okay, before you finish, fun fact: the AirPods business brings in fifteen billion dollars a year. There you yeah, go. Yeah. So That's yeah, a lot of you see not insignificant people. I've had this thought. I think many people have had. It's like at what point are you just like I'm? I have perfectly good things that use Lightning. I just gotta get rid of it. I gotta yeah. pull the hard, the hard upgrade. I don't know. I think a lot of people I- are with you. I mean, I, f- I feel like to Matt Ray's uh, point, the USS Dingling comes out of that 15 billion s- somewhere. That's so. Uh, other than that, I've got all the USB C uh, for everything. So I, I went and purchased a, this very small, uh, well, compared to whatever, it's the Anchor USB C charger pod three port. I'm not going to read the full Amazon nope. thing in a comical way, but it's great. It's, it, it's, it's bigger. I, of course, have the EU version, uh, but it's, it's like bigger than small which is makes me think of that log song. Uh, but, and it's pretty heavy, but you can actually stick it in your pocket and it has two USB-C things and one USB not C. Yeah, yeah it's USB-A yeah. and two USB-C. It's fantastic. I recommend the American version as well. And it, it'll power up your uh, your laptop, with whichever this version is I have. I sound like a dingling. Yep. As long as uh, you have MacBook Air or like MacBook, you know, and get yeah. the smaller ones, you don't need the 100 watt. I'm with you. You're all set. It. Yeah, and it's perfect. it's good stuff. Now the so that's what I recommend. Get that anchor thing. Uh, it works. The only the only thing I, I I think I need now is either to to help fund Dingling too, or I need like a wireless charging thing that I can bring because the AirPods will charge on that. But I'll there see. You go. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, we had no ads this episode, so there will be no Dinglings uh, purchased <laughs> for any of us. Uh, you know, nautical. I'll stop or, saying that. Or phrase. otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Oh, only only dinglings of the mind is uh, is what we have going because we enjoy that you've listened this far and uh, you've helped tell your friends about it. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, the audience. Uh, and with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> For whoever's listening to this, they got to stop writing that. I gave up my phone. Like I probably <laughs> the onion has already done this, but the onion just needs to write. You know, I gave up my fax machine for a month.